Thanks for coming to hang out with us today. Ruck Up Buttercup is a podcast hosted by Deployed Love. We chat about real things that military families deal with and help you to love the call to action. So you know the drill. Ruck Up Buttercup! Ruck Up Buttercup podcast can be found on all your favorite streaming locations. As well, we are now available on Reese Across America Radio on Fridays at 11 p.m. and Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern. You can find Reese Across America Radio on the iHeartRadio app, the Odyssey app, and the TuneIn app. Just search the word Reese. Can't wait to see you there. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Ruck Up Buttercup. We're glad to have you here with us today. Today, we are talking about volunteering. And as you know, uh, Ruck Up Buttercup falls underneath of Deployed Love, which is a nonprofit. So we are all about volunteering. And we also have with us a new guest. Her name is Sharita, and she is part of Mission Military Spouse. So I'm going to go ahead and let her introduce herself and tell us a little bit about her military life story and being a military spouse herself. Thanks so much, Sabrina. Yeah. Super glad to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share a little bit about my story as a volunteer, but also our vision and experience over at Mission Mel Spouse. So first, a little bit about me. Uh, Dr. Sharita Knobloch, been around as a Mel Spouse for a minute or two, coming up on 13 years, married to my infantrymen. I've got two, used to be tiny, now they're more medium-sized humans. Um, and we're currently stationed at Fort Bliss here in the desert. Husband's at USASMA currently. Been here for a minute. Again, this is year six in the El Paso, Fort Bliss area, just with the different assignments that we've had. And um, I have a doctor of education from Liberty University in community care and counseling. And so I also work in a non-volunteer position now as a dissertation chair for students getting their dissertation through Liberty. And that's been a lot of fun post my doctorate journey as well. Uh, As far as Mission Mill Spouse, man, what an organization. I've been affiliated in some capacity for just shy of 10 years now. I actually started as a blogger, as a volunteer, back when it was Army Wife Network. So just this year, we transitioned from Army Wife Network to missionmillspouse.org. We got our shiny 501c3 designation, rebranded, now serving all spouses of all branches and all components instead of only Army Wives. Because back when it launched, the podcast has been around for 18 years this year. We just celebrated our episode number 1000, which still seems crazy to me like crazy crazy. it's it's still crazy I've been around for a while but I'm still just like is that right I can't even say one thousandth like that's a like it doesn't even work I'm like episode number one thousand that's a little clearer for me but so we just dropped that um a few weeks ago and it's been on the air since 2005 which I don't know about you gals but I was not listening to podcasts in 2005 it was not like a thing Mm-mm. So I always like to say they were podcasting well before podcasting was cool. And we've maintained that legacy, kept it going for a thousand plus episodes now. And when they started back in 05 and then they launched actual Army Wife Network. So it started as Army Wife Talk Radio. And then in 2009, they put everything together under Army Wife Network. You know, the branches were still very differentiated like the experiences were still very different you know army and wife was very specific to a demographic and in the last almost decade and a half two decades that's really transitioned into this universal experience that most military spouses have across all branches most of us deal with deployments or tdys and pcs's and 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 all the things and so we really saw that need for a rebrand and my volunteer team, I'm executive director at Mission Mel Spouse and our volunteer team just absolutely crushed the transition with the name, the logo, the colors, the mission, the vision, the volunteers, everything. So we're going strong and really glad to share that information with your followers, with ours through the podcast, our blog, and um, a lot of online social interactions. Yeah, I actually remember the organization coming in as a new spouse Mm -hmm. because I came in like, you know, most of our listeners know I was a military brat. So I was like, oh, I know military life, 
blah, blah, blah. But then, like, you know, starting to realize, oh, no, I made to like reconnect. So <laughs> I was like, that was actually probably one of the first organizations that I ever actually looked into as a mm-hmm. military spouse. Yeah, they've had some incredible, they just have a great legacy. And I think, you know, we've got 3,000 blog posts on our website, which again is seems almost unheard of, of just the content from our experience and expert bloggers. So we have two different kinds of blogs. We have the ones that are like expert, like here's specific information about buying a house or working on your resume or navigating TRICARE. And then we have our experience who's like, okay, I'm PCSing overseas and this is my real life experience, or I have a special needs child, or I'm going back to school or deployments are lame. How do we do the things with the stuff while they're doing their things and stuff, right? So we have those two different flavors of blogs, which has been really cool. And again, how I got my start with the organization almost 10 years ago. And it says so much about the organization that has stuck around for so long because Mm -hmm. um, knowing how Deployed Love, we're only on like our seventh year of things. It's crazy to think that you guys have been doing it for since me and Ashley basically got part of the military community, right? Like same. That's wild. And it takes so much dedication. And that's why we're talking about volunteerism, because that all comes down to people willing to give their time to their community Mm -hmm. and being able to keep these amazing resources that are available to our community up and running, because it doesn't run just by one or two people. It's so many people behind the scenes that you don't Mm -hmm. see that have to like put in hours. I, you know, like the 501c3, I'm sure if you were part of getting that paperwork done is not a good time. (laughs) Like doing that for deployed love took weeks. I mean, just weeks of sitting at your computer, writing down, um, just the things that you have to do legally to start companies like that. So volunteerism is something that the military spouse is really responsible for doing. I think that Mm -hmm. we are as a community should give back to one another at some point, at least, I guess, during your time in the military spouse life. Yeah, I totally agree. And we've seen that fruit from us. Like the reason that so many of us are volunteering is we've either benefited from the organization or organizations like it, or Mm -hmm. we just have a heart to serve military spouses to cultivate that experience of solidarity of we've been there, we've done that, we've cried the tears, we've stomped our feet, you know, all of those things. And that camaraderie of pushing back on the isolation we often feel as spouses and again cultivating that feeling of solidarity of we've got your six yeah i definitely think that a lot of military spouses like you get the you get one or two i feel like it's like a the, the spectrum i mean we all have different experiences every i mean we preach that all the time every military spouse's experience is going to be different but there's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of the same like you know mm-hmm. You're going to have those feelings of loneliness. You're going to have the feelings of like, what did I get myself into? You're going to have all, you're all going to have those feelings at some point, whether you're a new spouse, a seasoned spouse and having those connections is really important. And whether, you know, one of the biggest things that I see recently are a lot of spouses saying, I don't want to connect with anyone else in the military. Like mm-hmm. I just want to do our time and get out. And I think a lot of them are kind of slowly learning that that like we're in a season of life where that's not necessarily like it happens, especially mm-hmm. now with how the army set up. The army's not the same as it was five, ten years ago. Um, any branch, it's not different. Like you were saying at the beginning, like it's very different. Like, you know, back in the day, it was just like army, army, army are the ones that are going or the Marines. I feel like now it's Marines, 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 but you don't hear about all the other groups that are involved in all of these different operations. And the spouses are realizing that like, oh, I thought I could get through this, but Mm -hmm. I don't know how to handle a two-hour activation recall. Right. I don't know how to handle a how long is my soldier going to be gone for is it going to be two weeks is it going to be a year is it going to be a couple months and so having the connections whether it's between mission mill spouse or deployed love or any of the uso any of the other great organizations Mm -hmm. that are out there it's super important and i feel like we preach this all the time (laughs) like find your people Find someone that you know, hey, I can always count on this person or this organization to help me find the information that I need when that time arises. 
Yeah, I totally agree because I feel like as a new spouse years ago, um, and my husband too, we were just like, because he had already been in for about five years and kind of tried to do the best he could to equip me, but he's the service member, I'm the spouse. And so it's a completely different experience, really, because they have built-in community when they show up, they sign in, they're like, here's your unit. You may or may not have BFFs here, but you at least have other humans to interact mm-hmm. with. And so we went from zero to 150, I feel like, because he went, we got married and he went straight to drill sergeant duty. Um, and boy, that was a thing because he mm-hmm. was like, oh man, I'm so, I'm so just tired of like everything's military. And so we tried to kind of connect with people outside of the military and there's still a place for that. Mm-hmm. Because they can support us in ways that maybe military can't because they're not going through the same chaos or crisis sometimes. But it was really difficult. Like at a Bible study group, we were the only military couple. And it it was frustrating, understandably so, because they just could not they can't, get our they life. Can't yeah. yeah, they can't understand like, why, why can't he come? Why can't exactly? He, why can't? Like, well, where, where's Brandon yeah. tonight? And I was like, he's, it's red face. Like he's. I haven't seen him in three days. And they're like, oh, that's so hard. And I was like, it is. Uh, okay. Like, I don't know. And so we kind of went from like, no, we can't connect with military to like, all we want is military. And we finally found the like, oh, the blend of like military and civilian community to support us in our journey, whether that was having babies or PCSing or deployments or, you know, fill in the blank COVID, you know, all those things, all those trials we've experienced over the last decade and a half as a couple. Yeah. Well, and okay. it's it's interesting because like a lot of us, especially those who have gone through a lot of those really crazy experiences, want to help other military spouses understand that they're not alone. Like mm-hmm. you're not alone. I understand that your frustration is there. And you know, you we see such a large amount of spouses actually volunteer. We've talked about it before where a lot of, you know, Sometimes that's the only thing that a spouse can do. Like they don't have a job because of mm-hmm. there's, there's so many reasons why military <laughs> have a job. Well, just like here, um, like you can't yeah. really get jobs when you're stationed overseas. It's not really, I mean, we risk losing his job or like his sofa status because if I work and I'm not paying German taxes, there's, there's so many complications to it. And I think that here it comes down to you either have to get a job on base, which is like what Starbucks, you know, AP. Taco Bell, yeah. I don't jobs that as a, in your thirties with kids is not something that you want to be doing. Yeah. Um, so you're kind of stuck with volunteering. I mean, it's not that it's a bad thing, but that's kind of some cha- opportunities. It ends up being, this is all I can do legally under where we are living. Mm-hmm. And it's, well, it's such a great, I don't want to call it a gap filler, but it is a great gap filler in those seasons of, I have tiny humans and he's, he or she's deployed and I can't re- go full-time or even part-time somewhere, or when you're stationed overseas, or you're just like, I just want a little something for me. So many of our command team members, when they apply, like I do the interviews. And so I ask like, so why do you want to be part of Mission Mill Spouse? And they're like, I want something more. I want something for me that's beyond mom that and makes wife. Me feel like, like, yeah, it makes me yeah. feel like me. Yep. Well, and then use like skills that we don't get to use as parents or spouses. Like, again, I'm super grateful that I'm a parent and I'm a spouse, but it's really cool to do conversations like this and, you know, do a little bit of networking and find that tribe, that community within the volunteering experience. Cause that all, that's also this, unex- well, maybe a little bit expected, but slightly unexpected experience for our command team members of like half of us or more have never met in real life, but we like rally when like mm-hmm. great things happen we pop the confetti cannons and when awful things happens we rally we send gift cards we send prayers you know we 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 come alongside them even when we're not in the same zip code and i think that's just huge and yeah. provides that fuel to keep going that was my favorite part about last year it's a play love is we hadn't met most of our team in person either and we did a girls weekend trip and we went out to a boathouse and we had so much fun and a bunch of the girls from different teams that were able to come out and it was just this opportunity that we didn't know each other we sat in meetings you know we have our our team meetings yep. every month but we hung out and we all instantly got along and it was so mm-hmm. much fun and that was our community that yeah like you're saying like you don't expect it it's unexpected like the people you mm-hmm. work alongside or you volunteer 
volunteer alongside, but then all of a sudden you're like in person and you're like, this person's the same person that I've been dealing with. And it's so <laughs> cool. Like, and they're on the same mission as me, right? Like we all yes. are going towards the same thing and it's, it's just really cool. It was a really fun experience mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. I love it. We, that's one of our dreams is like a command team retreat because we have 21 people on our command team. And then we have probably right around 28 to 32 bloggers and I so we have how you guys refer to it as command team <laughs> yeah that's what we've had forever like i yeah. don't know because we have all the military jargons we're like well they get our service members get to use the fun words like <laughs> why not so we adopt some of the acronyms and like our newsletter is called the sit rep and you know things like that because just kind of a nod to the lifestyle but uh, yeah so that that part's really cool and it's one of our dreams is to like get together all of us or whoever can in real life and be like, did we just become best friends? Yes, we did. Yeah. It was hard to organize because yeah, we have just like you are spread out across the country. So we had to kind of figure out like where was the most central location for Mm -hmm. as many people as possible. And yeah. At the time it was most of us were on the East coast. So it just happened. North Carolina (laughs) worked out for us, but the volunteering when you have those people you connect with virtually is great but when you get to see them in person it's it's even better I mean that's why Mm -hmm. I joined that's why I volunteered because I was like I'm working from home I'm this I'm working from home that's not a job that I love it's pay it helps pay the bills which is great but like I needed to feel more like me I needed to connect with like-minded people I needed to you know I've always had that sharing heart that caring heart wanting to give back and you when you have that opportunity, it's great. And it's great that you're, like you said, it, it, like, it's not a gap filler, but like it really could be a gap mm-hmm. filler for so many people. Um, you know, you move and you have a kid and you're like, well, we can't afford childcare. I'll just stay home. But I really don't want to have a gap on my resume. I mean, volunteering for an organization is a great way to keep your your time and your experience looking like you're still committing to doing something that you want to do. So if you're social mm-hmm. media, like volunteer to be a social media person. Yep. Um, I mean, there's so many, there's so many jobs that you can do within a, a non, a nonprofit. And even that, if you're not hiring for it, yeah, or just ask, ask yeah. because I can yeah. tell yes. you, we always need help. We need yeah. help yep. wherever the hands will come from. So I feel like if, if an organization like truly, like they will find something for you to do or help you build a new skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I feel like that's great. I mean, there's a lot of things that I feel like me and Sabrina did that we've like never done before, but we were able to build a new skill set from just being like, well, let's try. Let's, well, yep. being access, like being nonprofits, especially if you're volunteering for a nonprofit, they have access to trainings and stuff that are free to nonprofits. So like you can not only add to your resume from experience, but you could also be getting certifications and training yep. through these organizations mm-hmm. that are going to be able to pay for that or it's free to them. Like, so you're, it's not just a gap filler. It's a job. It yeah. can be a job. You're just not making money. Yeah. I, I wish like you could view, I mean, I view volunteering as a job, like it's, mm-hmm. The commitment level, like, you know, I'm not, oh, I can't do it. Like, the, you know, I'll just let it be on the back burner. Like, you have to, you know, de- I guess it depends on your commitment level. Like, if you're just like, hey, like, we're going to come out and volunteer for the event, that's one thing. But if you're volunteering for a little bit more of a organizational mm-hmm. position, team position, it can it can be a job. I mean, it yeah. is. A- yeah, that's that's kind of my vision when, again, we're recruiting volunteers or bringing someone on the command team, holding them in. It's like, sure, a, a big goal, a big part of this experience is do the tasks, like check, tick the boxes, do the things because we have to make things happen. But my heart is that when they are done with this, their season, because seasons come and go, right? And so, again, they will eventually probably transition out because no one's going to do anything probably for their entire life. Like, their service member will separate from service or again, be deployed or they'll get a job or they'll just be like, Hey, my season is, is coming to a close when they are done in their season with mission mail spouse. My hope is that they're taking away not only a great experience, but also equipped with skills that they did not bring when they showed up. Everyone on our command team is required to participate in the podcast, whether that's as a host, a co-host, an interviewer, uh, working on audio, writing scripts, like all of those things. And so I think 
probably one or two people out of 20 have come on like with podcast experience. And I'm like, let's get you trained. And so like, they know stuff, you know, and we're always changing this, like working on the systems to make it a little more efficient and spreadsheets and all that kind of fun stuff that they're like, oh, I have a lot of skills and worked on my email management, you know, and, and that level of accountability that maybe that was a little bit less of a priority before they worked and served with the organization. Yeah. I think that that in podcasting, you're talking about that specifically, but at, we had no idea. We're like, we let's start no a podcast. <laughs> you we learn a, just a like, lot. We literally both kind of just looked at each other and goes, you want to do a podcast? Yes. All right, let's do it. Like it was, it was one of those things. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. it was just something we wanted to like another avenue to reach more spouses, but it was also something for us to do that. We wanted a creative outlet. Um, as well to talk about what we were going through, but as well as, you know, have those other resources come in. Yeah. Season three. Yeah. So it's been, it's an adventure. We learned a lot of things like (laughs) (laughs) from learning how to found a nonprofit all the way through. Yeah. Those, those are skills. Those are skills we didn't know we ever wanted. And I'd be like, Mm -hmm. I'm good if I never have to do that again. But I guess if I need to, I know how-ish. Still, I don't want to do it, but I learned really well was how to set up financial records for the entire, our entire company. And I spent so much time setting those up and I was like, oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, I never want to look at these again. (laughs) Like I don't want to learn how to do that. I don't want to learn how to use Excel. I don't want to learn how to set Mm -mm. up calculations again. (laughs) Like, but now I know how and it's cool. And like the podcast, like if I wanted to start my own and do something else outside of the military realm I could I have the skill set now because I chose to volunteer and learn for through the organization that I chose to yep absolutely totally so, totally there with mission mill spouse what do the volunteers look like like what is it some of the average positions that you have within your organization well, we have a number of different branches. So we have the hierarchical setup kind of um, so it keeps organized. So of course we have executive director and deputy director and director of administration. And then we have our content branch who manages all of our blogs again. And that, you know, new six falls under there and the content curator and the director and deputy director. Then we have director of development or like development branch, all the dollar bills. That's their jam, which is great that it's not on me anymore. <laughs> Big fan of that. Um, then we have, of course, our podcast branch. And we also have something that kind of sets us apart. We do have a marketing branch with a couple of folks in there. And then we have a um, empowerment branch. And so that's kind of our our niche area that we really strive to empower military spouses, what we've been doing for the last decade and a half or so in to empower them in their journey. And so there's some award, there's award recognitions in that branch. There's some new programs we're doing. They're called MMRE boxes. So motivated and ready to empower and kind of a play on our mission male spouse, like the double M's. And so those are just like goodie boxes, like support packs that we're just sending out to spouses and and launching that program to give back to our community, even in a tangible way to take it from URL to IRL in real life. Um, so those are some of our big components uh, within our organization. And again, we've got 20 some odd volunteers there that are just rock stars, like Man, I'm just so Im- I'm always floored and impressed. But military spouses are amazing, anyways. Even if I'm super biased, but it's just really cool to see how they like show up day after day, week after week, working on their tasks, ticking the boxes, making things happen. Yeah, military spouses, especially as volunteers, are really cool like that. And I think because mm-hmm. you'll see a lot, a lot of them join Deployed Love because they're in a deployment season. And that's when they kind of are like, Hey, I have this extra time and I want to support other spouses that are going through this. And it's amazing to see how much effort they will put in hosting events and getting people out and just kind of like rallying their community around them, which is kind of cool. They're building it for themselves, but they're also building it for other people. And they can do that in the middle of a deployment, right? Like Mm -hmm. we've all been through deployments or most people have. And like, that's a really hard time, whether you have kids or you don't have kids. And to also step into these big shoes of volunteerism and being like, hey, not only am I having a hard time, but I'm putting myself out there to help others who are having a hard time. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that about our volunteers to see them go through their hard times, but still be able to think about their community and know where 
their heart is like, they know Mm -hmm. that if they give, they will receive. And that's amazing. Yeah. Well, and having that community and connection again, kind of embracing the suck together makes those hard times, maybe a little less hard. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think we see that all the time again with our command team, because we've had, of course, deployments, TDYs. I feel like half the team this year PCS, and that is the biggest PCS chaos we've ever had. I was like, they did not ask permission. The Army did not ask if this was, like, great. Like, what is the deal? How much You forget how much, like, work that goes into <laughs> like, Right? You know, I just PCSed myself, and it was just kind of like, I, m- I had to move. So I had to move twice this year. So I had to move, you know, you military life, military towns, renting, things like that. There's always that chance that a homeowner may, you know, say, hey, we're going to sell the house and mm-hmm. we're not going to renew your lease and things like that. So that that's what happened with us. But anyways, um, you know, PCSing, like I was just like, you forget like how much work goes in before you actually PCS when you're cleaning out your house and organizing and, you know, trying to figure out like, you know, thankfully, like my my in-laws have kind of my parents and in-laws have close. So we're like, OK, let's coordinate how, you know, the kids will go to their house. Yeah. So that way we don't have to worry about the kids coming with us. And then, or if the kids were with us, what are we going to do to keep them entertained when we mm-hmm. have absolutely nothing for, <laughs> um, we just moved from North Carolina to Virginia. So thankfully we were only without our stuff for like just shy of two weeks, like mm-hmm. not very long, but I would have been like, this would have been miserable with the kids here because they would have been <laughs> going crazy. Bananas. Yep. And, but you know, as a volunteer, like volunteering for an organization that you can do like remotely too. Like I was just like, this is, this is chaotic. I don't have internet. I don't have internet. Like mm-hmm. internet was my biggest thing was, is we, they couldn't come out for three weeks. So I didn't have internet. Oh. So I had to kind of just go based off of like my hotspot for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, And it worked for a little bit, but like, we obviously couldn't <laughs> podcast. like we were like, okay, we have to reschedule a podcast. Um, But you, it's a crazy thing. So when it's also kind of like a hitch. Like it, like there's always going to be those hitches in military life. Like mm-hmm. whether it's a PCS, a rapid deployment, a change of MOS, anything. Like it's always going to be a different experience. I feel like I've PCS four times as a spouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, different every time. Every I think you always think it's going to be less time too. So if you're volunteering, you're like, oh no, I only need like a week off. And you're like, no, okay, just kidding. Things got chaotic. It's going to be a mm-hmm. month. Like, it ends up being about a month. I think they broke my TV. They didn't show up. <laughs> like they said we had a house and we don't. Yeah. So that was, but the cool thing again about the, our command team is everyone is so good about like the pinch hitting, you know, they're cross, they're trained cross branches. And so it's like, okay, this group of people, they're like, two or three of them moving Oconus. That is a whole different yeah, ball different of wax, community. right? Um, so they're like out for a couple months, if not more. Um, but so everyone like rallies. And so, you know, it's things like PCSs and TDYs and schools and graduations, but then like seasons of loss. We've had a lot of loss on our team as far as like parents that have passed away in the last couple of years or babies being born, which is wonderful, but it's like, okay, you should take a legitimate maternity leave. Like, no, mm-hmm. We'll cover down while you're out. And so a lot of juggling. But again, the team, we're, they're just so committed to the cause that they rise up and they rally and we still make it happen. Like we didn't miss a beat through COVID, which was shocking, but they were like, we're still doing this podcast. And I was like, okay, let's podcast. And two podcasts a week in 2020. And that's when we moved from live to pre-recorded, and they made the leap and it was beautiful. And just they're really committed to our mission and our vision here at Mission Mill Spouse. That's amazing. Uh, I'm going to kind of just a little bit of a plug for Deployed Love and let Ashley kind of talk about what our volunteers do within our organization too. So if you guys are looking for a volunteer position, these are both really wonderful organizations. Yeah, so we are not as experienced as Mission Mill Spouse. Obviously, they've been around for a lot longer, but um, you know, we've been a nonprofit for four years and we have a couple, you know, we have like what our command team is, where it's a couple volunteers who kind of just help run the organization, um, you know, check in with all of our branches, because we do actually have physical, what we call coordinators at branches. So currently right now we are at seven branches um, across the state. Most of them are currently Army, but we do have a couple that are like one at an Air Force base. And we're, you know, always looking to find volunteers to help expand the mission. And those volunteers um, are spending 
their time and energy building a community for military spouses, whether you have, you don't have an active FRG or family group, whatever they're called across the branch. Um, they're creating social events like coffee meetups or play dates. Um, I mean, there's, it's really whatever the coordinator wants to do at their branch, what they feel the need is. And, uh, for instance, at Fort Bragg, we do coffee meetups. We do a play date. We try to do a girl's night out. We try to also give back to the community and volunteer at other organizations when we can. Um, we've helped create um, diaper bags, diaper bags, like, you know, helping, you know, the goal is for our coordinators to, you know, be a resource for military spouses to help them during any season of life, whether it's during a deployment, before, after, because they are all very important and they all are very different. And having you know, a way to also connect military spouses to other great organizations because, you know, our fit might not be the best, but we want to make sure that we find the perfect fit for you, whether that is sending you over to ACS or USO or another nonprofit that's in town. Um, you know, you'll be surprised on, I mean, I've been military spouse for 13 years, military brat for 35 years, and there are still organizations that I find out weekly and i'm just like i never knew that was out there so you know our goal is to help military spouses build a community find a tribe find a safe space just a safe space where they can feel welcome at any moment during you know whether they come every week or they come once a month once a year and then be that way and then obviously our biggest thing what started our whole foundation was our holiday minis um creating beautiful photos of military families to send to their loved ones when they're downrange and having just a little nice surprise for them and creating a little magic um, one day out of the year, which is always my favorite part. I love seeing the kids' faces light up or the spouse's face. Like that was just like super nice. Thank you for feeling us well, making us feel welcome. Um, And every branch is different, which is great. Like, None of our branches do the exact same thing, but they all do the same thing. Like if that kind of makes any sense, like they're, they're there to be that person for you. If you want a person. Yeah. The holiday minis, uh, like I was part of the very, very beginning of that seven years ago. And that the mission of that alone is just so amazing. Like I've cried. I think we've cried every year. Yeah. Um, just to be able to give hugs to spouses who are going through Christmas alone. Um, it's just not a fun time. I've done it multiple times with and without kids and it's, it's a hard time. So that's being able to support specifically during that, that time of year and give them these photos that we always talk about it. Like you're, you're not documenting yourself during deployments, right? Like deployments are hard and you kind of just want to forget they're, they're happening. And so getting family photos is like, not something you would even consider doing. So it's something that we put on the radar for spouses to be like, Hey, yeah, but your spouse still wants to see you and the kids. Like they want to see how things are going. And it's really special to have a Christmas card to remember that, that season in your life, whether you send it to them or you send it even to your family that so that they understand like, Hey, we were separated this holidays. Um, we also have some really cool photographers who over the years have done the like blending of the photographer, uh, the, the spouse and the family. So they get those cute cards that, of him downrange and the family here, which is really fun. Um, but those holiday minis, like seeing Santa show up, it's just evolved a lot over the years too, from just being a really quick photo session to Santa and cookies and just so much joy to bring to military spouses and I I love it I'm super sad this year will be my first year not attending event because I'm so far away and there's just no way for me to be there but uh, I can't wait to see the pictures for that yeah I'm excited we have um I feel like this is going to air probably right before majority of ours um you know our Carson team usually does it towards the end of October and a lot of our other branches will do at the beginning of November um, and you know, this is definitely, you know, this happens year round. We also, um, occasionally throw out patriotic minis that we do, um, for families as well. So, you know, make sure you're always following along on our pages, our main page, sign up for our newsletter, all that information goes out there, um, for those and how to sign up and how to volunteer our, those events are huge. You know, we need, um, you know, on top of our coordinators, we need photographer volunteers. We need volunteers to help run the the events. 
Um, or if you're just looking to volunteer to be like, hey, I'm looking to build a community, you know, I would love to host a coffee or a play day, or I just need to get out of the house and I would love for a way to connect with other people. And, you know, I like to craft. I mean, we are great about like having such a wide variety of different spouses and different hobbies and different um qualities that they bring to the table that, you know, it's it's going to be something different every single time that you come. And but there's always going to be a smiling face and there's always going to be someone there to welcome you and just check in on you. Let you vent if you need to, but also like, you know, share the wins, be there for the falls and, you know, just have a solid person in your yes, just just a solid person in your corner, a community. (laughs) Which is so important. I feel like if you are a military spouse who's listening or you know a military spouse that's, you know, I just don't want to be involved with other military spouses because of what I've heard in the past or, you know, FRGs are bad. Um, It's all drama. Like, there's always going to be bad apples. We all know that. No matter where you are, whether you're civilian world, military world, bad apples are what you're going to hear about. But there are so many good spouses out there. There's so many spouses who want to make your life easier because they get it. They get how hard it is, how, you know, you've been through a deployment before, but the next deployment is completely different and you may need a different set of people, another set of eyes, another set of ears, a shoulder. Like they're, they want to be there to help you. Um, And we're, we're a special group of people. We we're the only group of spouses who, I shouldn't say the only, I'm sure there are other group of spouses out there, but we're the only group of spouses who can take a two, two hour notification and just roll with it. My husband's leaving, my spouse, my, my wife is leaving and can change, do a 360 and be like, okay, I can hold down the fort. We're the only spouses that, you know, Hey, we can't, we, you know, my, my spouse isn't home for the holidays because of X, Y, and Z, or, Hey, we can't come home because, my husband or my spouse has a travel restriction. Like we're the only, I feel like we come with such a set skill set that I hope those who are listening don't take for granted because I truly believe you're not going to click with everybody. Everybody's different introverts, extroverts, everything, but there is someone out there for you. And a great way to find that person is to volunteer. Yeah. I'll have all the information for Deployed Love and Mission Mill Spouse so that you guys can look in our show notes and kind of connect if you're looking to. I mean, obviously we have both executive directors here, so you, I will have their emails that you are able to reach out to them if you're really interested in joining a team. It's a good place to do it, but there's a lot of I opportunities. Will find somebody, something, always. I, mm-hmm. right. I feel there's always. I, yeah. I never turn down a good volunteer. Like if someone volunteers right. and I've already got someone like slotted for that position, I was like, and let's create a position or, Hey, I think you'll fit here. Or I, yeah, if they are, you know, if they've got the heart and the integrity, I'm like, and let's do the things. Yeah. Let's go. And there's yep. so many places you can volunteer. I'm sure like all of us, we didn't just start at these organizations. Mm-hmm. Like this is not where the first time I've ever volunteered. Like I've started as a kid because that came with Girl Scouts that came with 4-H that came with when I was young, really, really young spouse, I volunteered at the thrift stores in Schofield because I got first dibs on clothes and we couldn't afford stuff. There's so nothing wrong yes. with that. There's nothing I wrong know. with that. I volunteered exclusively to go through the bins and get Heck first yes. dibs on clothes. <laughs> I, and I feel like that is, A, there, there are so many opportunities. Almost like every base is going to have some type of, you know, it has ACS, YMCA, the USO. Um, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts. I mean, Boy Scouts. I mean, yeah. I mean, we can list. I mean, I growing up as a teenager volunteered. Um, it was for my college application, but I still was just like volunteering for like the Cancer Society, and um, you know, I volunteer for Boy Scouts of America with my kids, and you know, PTA. Like, there's just so many different opportunities to do it. Mm -hmm. You can find that niche, but like if you are truly wanting to give back to the military community and you want to share your experiences and and help military spouses go through what you know so well, 
there are so many organizations and it and it really is just a matter of hi I mean that's what I did I messaged Sabrina and I was just like hey I want to help out how can I help out like what do you need me to do (laughs) and then four years later my season was up and it was time for her to step season into was up it. Yeah. And mine was, yeah, exactly. Step up. And, you know, I've always, always, you know, I've volunteered for FRG. Like if you've listened in the past, like I've always tried to volunteer in some capacity, whereas with the chaplains or mm-hmm. something, just because like, I, like I said, 35 years of military life, I know the struggles, whether growing up as a kid, the struggles of being a kid as a military brat or a spouse. And it can be scary. Mm-hmm. And it can be lonely, but it can also be like, I mean, I've lived like we're now currently on non-military base. And now I'm like this again, I'm in another position where I'm not near military spouses and I feel so isolated. I feel mm-hmm. so like this is a new season and I'm not, you know, I'm sure I can find something to fill my time and and, and do, but at the same time, it's super scary. Like, I'm just like, oh, I don't have that. Like, I can't yep. just look up a resource and say, hey, oh, they're holding a coffee or they're doing this event or they're doing mm-hmm. this event for the kids. I can go to it. And that's still a connection. So, you know, what's great about Deployed Love is that we we do have, we try to do virtual things every so often, or we have our Facebook group where you can come in and feel connected. We have our book club that just started, um, which I'm really excited about because that. I'm like, that's a way for me to stay connected. But, you know, there's so many different ways to connect if you just ask. And if you, if the organization that you're already following doesn't have what you need, guarantee you someone in that organization is going to be able to be like, hey, but this place will help you out. And that's the true mission of most of us organizations is to help military spouses find what they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were talking about isolation. I think that's the biggest one that every military spouse, even now we're all 13, 14 years in feels because when you PCS every single time you have to start over, you have to make new friends and you do feel isolated. I mean, we're even here, I'm in a new community and having to start over from what I've been in the last seven years and you feel that isolation. So volunteering is like kind of busy hands, busy minds thing. So you can volunteer to make friends without the the awkwardness of like showing up at a coffee yeah. date or <laughs> like asking someone to come out, right? Like, so you can just show up and be like, I'm here to volunteer for X hours. And you put yourself in this position to meet people who mm-hmm. are also like mine. Yeah. And if it clicks, it's great. Um, I was going to say though, I feel like you know, we're all seasoned spouses. We've all been military spouses for, for 10 plus years. You would think it would be easier, but I actually feel like it's harder to make, meet new people as an older spouse. I'm like, you know, we're older, most spouses, not most, but you know, a lot of, um, you know, it's a younger soldier, you know, most of them are anywhere between 18 to 27. And then at that point they may get out, they may stay in. And I feel like it's a lot harder to connect Mm-hmm. outside of that. So, I mean, I, I'm friends with everybody, but you know, some people may be like, I don't want to be friends with a 19 year old. I don't want to be friends with a 35, 40 year old. Um, and that's fine. Cause I mean, obviously your, your, your hobbies and your, what you connect on is important. Like volunteering helps you connect with someone who has that same mentality and then you can chat and talk about it while you're doing things and then you may find out that you have more in common than you think Sabrina and I have books in common um actually she got me back into books which I appreciate you so much for that um and you know it's it's just a great way to find and build yourself too because you know we all change too every so many years we're a new person and I think that's important to remember that something that you used to love is not something that you have to love anymore because of your seasonal life. Yeah. I mean, like Sharita, you're saying with the seasons, people volunteer for Mm -hmm. seasons. I mean, I went through that transition. It was so hard to like give it up and know, but I knew my season was, I'm going to be on the other side of the world. I can't run an organization from across the world. It's just not time-wise. It's not, it's not logical. Right. So uh, don't feel like if you're volunteering, you're like signing away. It's not a job, you right. know? like you're welcome to be very flexible. And if that means, Hey, I'm going to, I'm here for a year. This is what I can commit to. Great. Anybody's going to take the help. We've talked about that. So like yeah. definitely reach out at 
after you're done listening to this podcast and see where you can fit. It can be as simple as like, hey, once a week for an hour, I will make graphics for your company mm-hmm. or I will sit and organize finances because I like numbers. <laughs> Not me, but God bless those people. God bless them. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I think it's it. <laughs> I think it's again so important of if you're with the right organization too, if it's a healthy organization, a healthy nonprofit or business or whoever wherever you're volunteering, when your season comes to an end, that graceful release is so important. Like in my years of leadership and all of these things, 95% of our volunteers have left on good terms. And I was like, hey, if your season changes again and you want to come back, you're welcome. Right. Um, and I think that's a big, like that, you know, that's a an intentional leadership vision or, you know, mentality that we hang on to of like, there's no guilt. There's, you know, like, Hey, we're really going to miss you. Like, I loved you so much. You were a rock star, but I 1000% get it that you're having a baby, that your service member is deploying, that you're PCSing the other side of the world, that you started a business, which was not part of your no plan plan, but here we are. And now you don't have the bandwidth. And so I think holding that again with intention, but holding it loosely, that open-handed leadership model of like tis the season to everything there is a season and and watching that transition I think cultivates that healthy mentality for volunteers and for the leadership yeah and I'd hope that people are when you do volunteer you feel comfortable to do that because I uh, I think the hardest part of being a leader in our company was seeing people who were struggling with their volunteer because they just didn't have the time and they were still trying to push through I would much rather find a volunteer who's like hey I love the organization. I love the mission. I love mm-hmm. it, but I just don't have the time because I also think that there's a, a lot of people who over volunteer their time. And that's also an issue we've seen, you know, through the years is people who are scout moms working, trying to do our organization, trying to do PTO, trying to do 15 things. And it's like, girl, you're juggling too much. And I would rather you, you, you have some freedom in your life than force yourself to continue to volunteer. So also don't get too wrapped up in that. There are a lot of spouses who like it becomes their life is volunteering. And I, I think you also have to look at that as like, Hey, I'm not getting paid. It is a volunteer organization. I need to also figure out where my limits are when I'm volunteering. But it's also okay to express what those limits are. Like I feel a lot of people when they come into volunteer, they don't know how to go about that. Like, Hey, like I know I said I was going to do this and I feel like you know, either they'll ghost or they'll just get overwhelmed and they won't come back. And it's just kind of like, that's like, we want you to be successful too. Like our goal for our coordinators is to build them up and give them the the tools and the keys, but we also want them to feel supported. You, you're in this for reasons to help military spouses, but most of you guys are also in to get something out of it as well whether it's to fill your bucket, whether it's to just be connected, to have a community. And so it's important for you to know that you can set that limit. You can say, hey, I can't do this or I can only do this. It's just a matter of expressing that and communicating that. Volunteers are amazing, though. I think just to to have the heart. And I think once you become one, you just kind of always are one. You're always kind of looking for where the next opportunity is to Mm -hmm. help your community, Mm -hmm. which is beautiful. Um, so Sharita, as we're coming to the end of this, I wanted to kind of, we always ask our military spouse, like, what is your, um, best advice for a new spouse and your best advice for a seasoned spouse? Like what would your words of encouragement or whatever be for either, well, both demographics, I guess. My go-to advice for new seasoned, like salty coming back in branch changing any spouse anywhere is to make the ask. To make the ask. Now, whether that's asking for an opportunity, asking for a tribe, you know, like, hey, can we get coffee? Can I volunteer? How can I help? Or making those asks to your service member of like, what does that mean again? Or what does this mean for our family? Like, as cheesy as it sounds, like using your words. And I only say that from my personal experience of being scared of military spouses when I first joined this jam. Um, and, and falling flat on my face of like, oh, I'm not doing that again. Like I have to have people like, I want to be where the people are. And I had to. And so that's saying like, when can we meet? How can I volunteer? 
What does this mean for our family? Can you walk me through that again? And and saying those things so that you're not always guessing or wondering. And again, holding it with an open hand to be like, eh, this sounds like a no plan plan. It's probably going to change. Mm-hmm. Write it on the calendar in pencil or at least have the whiteout handy. And, you know, so those kinds of things, because I think that applies to, again, new season, any experience that you had, make the ask and don't stop asking no matter how many years you've been in. Oh, yeah. Don't stop asking. Keep them on their toes. And I love like write in pencil. That's I feel that's important because you never know when things are going to change. Yeah. I like I like inky pens, but I do keep the white out nearby because I was like, (laughs) my whole planner is just like some weeks I'm like, well, right. This is like a paper full of white out, but I still have my black inky pen. That's I'm okay with that. So that's definitely one of the best advice I've gotten in my life. Usually is that make the ask because what's the worst case someone says no. Yeah. But the reality is just from being in Deployed Love and the podcast, every single person we've asked to be on the show has said yes. Like, why would they not? And so it's. It may be really awkward and it may be really weird to ask some people that you may like idolize or whatever, but you're probably going to get a yes because most people yeah. genuinely care and they want to or, be helpful. Or, or at the least, you're not going to be left wondering or have the regrets of like, oh, I should have made the ask or they seem like a really great person or I could have had community before XYZ did or didn't happen. You know, mm-hmm. I like and. Again, that's not about like, oh, live life, no regrets, because we can't predict anything, like everything. But it's that intentionality of like asking the questions. And sometimes that's setting the boundaries of like what is asking yourself, what are, what are my limitations right now? So constantly being in that state of awareness and inquisition of what does my season look like? Where do I fit? How do I plug in? What's the best fit for my family, my mental health, well-being? community relation, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, this has been awesome. I, it's so nice to always just to kind of find people that are kind of your peers in the community. And it's nice to kind of have a conversation with someone else who's been through very, very similar things with our organization. So um, I will make sure the show notes are completely full of everybody's information. So that you guys are able to that and any other resources we've talked about, obviously when I'm listening, I will know what we've talked about again um, so that you guys have access to that. But again, like I said, reach out to Sharita or Ashley, they would both love volunteers. And so whatever that looks like in your community or your future, we would love to get you involved and get you part of supporting the military tribe. Um, Otherwise, that's all for us today. And I am so glad that you came on and joined us today, Sharita. Thank you so much, Sabrina. Thanks, Ashley. It's been an absolute pleasure. All right. As we like to say, we'll see you next time and rock up, buttercup.